the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I smell a rat. I'm sorry, but something stinks about this uh, bombs in the mail story. If you haven't heard, the Clintons, Obamas, uh, Eric Holder, Maxine Waters, CNN, they all had bombs sent to them in the mail. And none of them exploded, and it's being uh, treated as a terrorist act, which is how you would expect it to be treated. And it is serious, obviously. And it's been all over cable news today. It didn't take long for everybody on the non-Fox outlets to blame Donald Trump and his rhetoric for this. Um, And you might say that it's justified to do that. And it may be because of that. Who knows? Uh, But look at who got the bombs. People who have been the toughest on Trump, including CNN, which is the network that has uh, the Trumpist attack more than any other network. And uh, they are basically the poster children or the poster child for fake news. And they uh, were one of the uh, recipients of one of these things today. So, um, you know, uh, it's just it's kind of strange to me anyway. Um, the network that uh, has been attacked gets one. And the, uh, the, the, the thing has been treated from the most uh, – that's the, that's the network that's treated them the most unfairly. So that's natural that they would get one from somebody who hates the media. So the sus- suspect should be a Trump supporter. Sorry, but it just doesn't make sense to me. Um, you know, if you wanted to hurt the Republicans two weeks before an election, the last thing – seems to me the last thing you would do is send bombs to uh, Democrats because – or Fox News – because all that would do is get the uh, well, you wouldn't you wouldn't send it to the, the, the Republicans or you wouldn't send them to Fox because that would get them uh, sympathy. And you, what you want to do is send it to the Democrats uh, and then have that be blamed on the Republicans because you wouldn't you wouldn't want to do anything to change the narrative and put President Trump and the Republicans on the defensive. If you were against the Democrats, it doesn't it just doesn't do any make any sense to put the Democrats in a position where they look like the victims and they are the victims of Donald Trump's rhetoric. And that's what's happened here. And it may be true, but I'm sorry, it just uh, doesn't smell right to me. Most of what I heard on MSNBC and CNN today was about how this all can be traced to Trump's rhetoric. And I don't know if there's anybody else out there who does smell a rat, but I do. No evidence. Could be all wrong. It just has a funny smell to me. I'm sorry. We're going to talk to a Homeland Security expert when we come back. And my first question to him is going to be if he also noticed the funny smell in the air. We'll do that when we come back. Stick around. Obamacare, Trump Care, ACA, COBRA. There are so many choices, but all seem to bring one word to mind. Expensive. There are lots of changes happening in healthcare today. Fortunately, I know someone that has been on the forefront of health insurance for years, Todd Marley at Marley Financial. Todd and his team of professionals are licensed with virtually every healthcare provider in the country. They help determine which plan is right for you and then expertly help you choose the best plan for your needs and then do so prudently. Don't need maternity coverage? Call Marley Financial. Have pre-existing conditions? Call Marley Financial. Want just catastrophic or just accident? You know the answer. Worried about the penalty? All of Marley Financial Plans are penalty exempt because they know how to design the plans. Most of their clients save 30 to 60%, which can add up to several thousand dollars a year. Call Todd at Marley Financial, 724-884-1496. That's 724-884-1496 on the web at MarleyFG.com. This is Dr. Sebastian Gorka. President Obama's eight years of leading from behind left the world in flames. From Russia's invasion of Ukraine to North Korea's missile tests and a growing ISIS caliphate. Under President Trump, American leadership is being restored. But that does not mean our enemies have disappeared. That's why I wrote my new book, Why We Fight, Defeating America's Enemies with No Apologies. 
As a former deputy assistant to President Trump for strategy, I explained the threats posed by enemies like Russia, China, and the global jihadi movement. We must know our enemies and have the will to defeat them. In my book, Why We Fight, we take off the political correctness blinders of the Obama years and learn how we can vanquish our enemies without mortal combat. Sebastian Gorka's new book, Why We Fight, Defeating America's Enemies with No Apologies, is available now from Amazon and Barnes & Noble. You know the moment. The homework and dishes are done. Your family responsibilities have been met. The shoes slip off and you lie back. It's that end of day. Ah, That's the relief you'll feel when you rest on the body-comforting orthopedic made locally at the Original Mattress Factory. Relief from middleman markups and a hard day's work. The Original Mattress Factory. Thoughtfully made, honestly priced. OriginalMattress.com Truth is timeless. At the Original Mattress Factory, our business philosophy is based on honesty and truth, and it never changes. Simply stated, we treat our customers the way we want to be treated ourselves. This means we treat people with respect, we educate rather than manipulate, and we offer genuine value and substantial savings, not simply by saying it, but by proving it with cutaways of our mattresses compared side-by-side with the mainstream brands. Stop by one of our store locations or visit us at OriginalMattress.com to see the OMF difference for yourself. Hi, everybody. This is Craig Wolfley from my friends at Jane d Waterproofing. For every waterproofing or foundation repair, a portion of the proceeds go to the Light of Life Rescue Mission or the Make-A-Wish Foundation. Hello, this is Ralph Sindrich. I'm proud to be a part of this program. It's such a fine service to be offered to the community. For every job commitment, I'll provide a signed copy of my book, NFL Brawl. Call for a free estimate at 1-800-VERY-DRY. That's 1-800-VERY-DRY. Or visit us on the web at jdwaterproofing.com. He can smell you from half a mile away, hear with pinpoint accuracy, and detect the slightest motion with a 310-degree field of vision. But with an Oak Ridge hunting blind from Yoder's Backyard Structures, that deer will never know you're there. Solid, silent, scent-controlled, satisfaction guaranteed. This is one perch you won't fall out of. And with Yoder's, delivered and set up free of charge. Take your hunt to a whole new level at yodersbackyard.com. This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. By now, I assume that you've heard about the bombs that we uh, were sent to the Clintons, uh, Barack Obama, Eric Holder, Maxine Waters, and CNN. It's being called an act of terror, and a lot of the blame is already being directed at, uh, directed at Donald Trump um, because of his attacks on his opponents in the media. David and Sarah is a policy analyst for national security and foreign policy at the Heritage Foundation. He joins us now. David, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. So am I being uh, a little too cynical when I say I smell something fishing here, fishy here? Um, you know, should the possibility that this was a plot by someone on the left to get sympathy for the Democrats and put the president on the defensive, would that be uh, crazy to even consider that? I mean, look, we're now we're I think we're in the beginning stages of this. We, we, we've had like, you know, just, well, I think one or two press conferences in. We know very little about this. I suspect that in the next couple of days, we will have a very good idea of who potentially this could be. Um, we know that, you know, there's, there's the leads that are going to have to run down based on the courier services or whether or not he mailed them versus use the courier service. I think we're going to, we're going to find out some more details in the coming days. And I, I don't, I don't think we'll have to speculate for, for very long. But uh, just from a, just from a point of discussion here, it just doesn't seem to make sense to me that if I wanted to help Donald Trump, I would not do, just based on the reaction that, he, that this thing has gotten, um, I mean, if, I'm, if I were investigating this as a neutral observer, as the FBI, I would have to consider that as a possibility, wouldn't I? It just well, doesn't I mean, make I any sense to me. I think you're right. It doesn't make sense. It's violence as a tool of accomplishing some objective is, is something which we as a society have said we, we will not tolerate. And so clearly whoever's doing this is doing, for whatever reason they did it, they're not helping themselves and they're not helping whatever cause it is that they thought they were, you know, assisting. Um, so, yeah, no, it doesn't make any sense. And uh, unfortunately, though, there are people out there who think that these kind of things are what they should do. Now, it's not too many of these people. Thank goodness, but there are people out there on you know, any any set of issues, any side of any issue, left, right, 
uh, any sort of uh, spectrum that you can design, there are crazy people who think that violence is the way to go. And But you're right, it doesn't make sense. What about the fact that it, that it was done in concert? Uh, you know, many, uh, many people getting these bombs simultaneously. What does that say? Yeah, I mean, so it clearly says that whoever, or maybe it's a small group of people we don't know yet, whoever has, is doing this clearly had, I think, a, a, a motivation and a plan to, to, to do whatever they're doing. So if you assume that it's obviously, you know, the targets have been people on the left or perceived on the left, um, th- those folks are clearly been targeted. And it was, you know, from this person's perspective, if you're going to do one, you might as well do a bunch. And if you're going to create one crude pipe bomb, clearly he decided to create several. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, these things are fairly easy to create. And with these parcel services or, or however he got these things delivered, there are ways this can be done in, unfortunately, a fairly easy fashion. And this person figured, why not just do more? So we don't know yet if this has been that they were delivered by the Postal Service or by FedEx or somebody like that? Yeah, they're still weeding that out. One of the one of the things, you know, from looking at some of the packages from, from some of the pictures I've seen, um, and then from what's being you know talked about in, in, in the news, yeah, it's not clear that these were actually you know delivered um, through the mail. We know for, it appears that at least several of them were delivered by some sort of courier or hand okay. delivery service. Which you know, then that's another avenue which investigators are going to go down because now they're not going through the post office. They're saying, okay, who was the courier? Who paid the courier? Where did you know? Where did the packages get dropped off? So, those are the sort of leads they're going to be following. Have you been able to get any idea about the uh, the level of sophistication of the bombs? I mean, obviously, none of them went off. Yeah, no. So, thank God, none of them went off. But uh, from from the what uh, the police have been talking about and, and other folks, it, it appears that these are you know quite crude devices. Um, a pipe bomb is generally speaking one of the cruder types of devices that you can have. Um, so it appears that that's what that's the case here. You got these devices all look very similar, um, and so we think it's once again the same person doing this in sort of an end mass fashion, um, but doing very fairly crude devices that didn't work. Maybe for all we know, maybe they were never intended to work, or maybe there was just a fatal plan in the design. We don't know. We'll find out uh, in the coming days. Um, and so, if if I if if you are going to send a bomb, the, the, as much as we know about, it, I don't know how much detail they've gone into on the description of these things. Um, how big of a box are we talking about that uh, you need to send a bomb like this? Shoebox size yeah, so, or bigger? Yeah, from the picture I saw, it's a smaller than shoebox size. I think they may have actually even been sent inside um, uh, a paper envelopes, uh, sort of uh, sort of reinforced paper envelopes. Um, and so it's yeah. From, from the picture I saw, it you know wasn't it wasn't bigger than a than, than a shoebox. And what sets the bomb off? Opening the envelope? Uh, well, no. Uh, I actually uh, from the one picture I saw, someone had taken it out of the envelope, and it was just sort of sitting there on the desk. I think it may have been the one at CNN that I saw a picture. Yeah, of. I saw that too. But so, to, so how do you set it, it off? It, it appeared to be it appeared to be on a timer. Oh, okay. It appeared to be on a timer. Um, but uh, like I said, I'm not positive on that. That's just one picture. Who knows if all the devices were same? I suspect they would have been similar. Um, but yeah, we don't know exactly what the really what the method of this bomb was or why it didn't work. Well, that would be bad news for the truck driver if it's on a timer. If you know he gets stuck in traffic, uh, I mean, what how um, how sophisticated can that get? I mean, how how far in advance can you set the timer yeah. for days? Yeah, I have I have no idea. I mean, it depends on depends on the, the device you're using to you know for, for your timer. Uh, in this case, it may actually perhaps it may have actually been the case that whoever the bomber was, if it indeed was a timer and he did and there wasn't any other flaws with the weapon like with the bomb, mm-hmm. maybe the flaw may have been that he said that all the timers too late to try to avoid this kind of situation because the fact that none of them have gone off indicates that uh, if as long as the rest of the device is working. It's, it's, then it just means that the timer didn't uh, click down in time. And so that, that would indicate that perhaps the timer was set very long in advance, and that's why these things didn't go off. I, I don't, we don't know those details for certain yet, though. And is the, um, the expectation of a bomb like this, is it to kill the person who's within a few feet of it? Is it going to blow up a room in the house? I mean, how much damage can a bomb like this do? Yeah, you know, we don't know because it depends on the, what they use for their explosive mixture, you know, are, is there is there shrapnel inside? Is there something else in the package? I know I saw one 
uh, in the one press conference that the New York City Police did, they actually uh, they actually indicated that there was some uh, some white powder in the envelope with it. Um, so who knows? I mean, is that is that actually a dangerous white powder, some sort of you know anthrax or something like that, or is it just white powder thrown in there just to uh, uh, throw us off the trail and um, you know make our lives more difficult? We don't know, but it, you know, it really depends on the composition of the weapon. Um, what kind of shrapnel did they include or not include? But like I said, from from initial appearances, it looks like it was a crude device, so it probably would have had a fairly small explosive radius, but still enough to, to kill someone. We're talking to David and Sarah, Homeland Security and Foreign Policy Analyst at the Heritage Foundation. So how are the Clintons and the Obamas uh, and people like them, uh, obviously both are uh, are former presidents, but... Uh, families of former presidents, uh, how are they insulated from this kind of an attack? Was there ever much of a chance of those packages getting through to them? No, and that's actually one of the one of the stories coming out of this is how well the the the, the postal um, screening that's done by the Secret Service how well that how how well that worked in this case. So both the um, Obama bomb and the the one going to the Clintons. Was never got to the, the, the their their addresses, never got to their residences. Instead, it was picked up in the screening facilities. Um, actually, last night we believe, um, and so yeah, so it actually worked quite well. And that's one of the levels of insulation that they have. All presidents and former presidents have that have the, their mail checked for just these kind of devices. And in this case, it, it worked successfully. And how will they be able to to find the source? Um, you say it, you think in a few days you'll you'll know a lot more, uh, but I mean um, the Unabomber he went on for years sending bombs. It's true, it's true. So we don't we don't know for certain, but the reality here is is that there's a lot of of data points here, right? So you've got a lot of devices, some of which are unexploded, which are important because if the since the bomb hasn't gone off yet, that's more they can you know take that thing apart. And, and, and look at it and see, look at every single part and where it may have been bought or sold. Or, um, and then on top of that, they have um, the, the, the envelopes themselves, so they know, okay, this is the envelope, where this envelope come from, or who delivered it. Like I said, they can get into, if it's a courier service, then they, have, they can go to the courier service and say, who dropped these devices off, and then maybe get a sketch artist or something else out of that. So there are lots of different threads they can pull, both in terms of looking at the bomb itself, but then also look at the packaging and how it was delivered. Um, and so you like the chances of them catching whoever did this? Oh, I, I definitely do. Uh, now, as, as you pointed out, there have been cases in the past that have been, you know, where it's been very difficult to figure these things out. So we can't say anything for certain. That being said, we did have, uh, I guess a couple months ago, uh, an incident down in Texas where there was just several bombs going off. Um, and it took them a little while to figure it out, but then they, they, they were able to, 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 to run that down. I think in this case, um, you're probably going to see something similar, especially because of just the number, the number of devices. And now that they've got some unexploded devices, they've got unexploded devices, which means that's better forensics um, mm-hmm. information for them to look through. If I were uh, planning to do something like this, would I be smarter to do one at a time instead of all of them on the same day or within a few days of each other? Well, I would say that for, for, for this gentleman to have done it this way, or a group of people, whoever whoever they are, for this person to have done this, um, I, I think that, you know, they sort of were thinking they had the element of surprise doing it all in one day. Um, because as even even the delay that we did have, the delay, for instance, last night, the packages going to the Obamas and the Clintons, that was one that we sweep, and then I, that it might also be connected to the George Soros bomb. It's not clear yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but that data that we got from um, the, the when the Secret Service caught those two bombs going to the Clintons and the Obamas, they then actually took that information and went out and talked and pushed that information out to other people. And interestingly enough, there were actually New York City police at CNN head, uh, building in New York warning them about such devices when they found the device. So even the little delay that they did have, that intelligence that was able to then be filtered into the system actually was right there, you know, being pushed to CNN and argue, probably helped them find the device. So do you think, so if you put yourself in the FBI's uh, uh, position here, I guess Secret Service involved too, they would, uh, when George Soros got his, uh, got one delivered to his mailbox, 
that would have got them to start warning people that you could be next? One of those deals? Exactly. So the intelligence in the, within the law enforcement community, they started quickly sharing that intelligence on, okay, here's what the device looked like. For all we know, maybe they use the same courier service, and so maybe, or maybe there's the same packaging. Um, so they could say, okay, here's some of the telltale signs of what this device is, looks like. We've got a, we have a sort of a pattern emerging of what this device looks like. And so they're able to sort of say, hey, watch out for these kind of devices. Um, like I said, in this case, I think right now the warning is look out for devices that they don't have a postmark, a.k.a. they were delivered by a courier or by hand. And uh, looking, obviously, for big, you know, things that are misspelled, things that look oily or greasy, um, like there's some sort of stain on them. Um, so they were able to figure out some common denominators from these packages and then go out and warn other people. So if the Clintons get one, you can start looking to you, you make sure the Obamas are aware that the Clintons got one because you're next. Yeah, and in this case, it was they found out the Obamas and the Clintons, and then they started figuring out, all right, so we'll start warning, you know, other, you know, potential targets. And so in this case, they went to uh, big media organizations and they went to big other private se- uh, private uh, sector organizations just started warning their mailrooms about these kind of things. And it's that kind of you know, information sharing, law enforcement, that I think is going to help us find this guy because we're, 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 or this group because we're narrowing it down and we, we're already figuring out some of the telltale signs of what these things look like and we're going to get this forensic data um, so that's why I'm confident that we'll get uh, the perpetrator. I, I get the feeling that everybody's assuming that this is a domestic um, attack, and it's a politically politically motivated attack. And you, your expertise, we're talking to David and Sarah of the uh, Heritage Foundation, their Homeland Security and Foreign Policy Analyst. Um, your expertise is in this kind of stuff. Uh, would it, would you rule out that this is uh, someone? Other than an American group or individual, you know, that's I'll never say anything is you know impossible because yeah. you're right. It could be some other organization. It could be, as we alluded to earlier, some sort of false flag operation where you want you really want you to think it's something else. But that being said, we will we are going to be looking into the motivation of who did this and why they did it. And I think we'll know that soon enough. Um, but I mean, yeah, based on the types of targets, it, it's the, the initial assumption I think of most people is that yes, this was probably carried out domestically. Is that definitely the case? No, but I, I would say it's definitely likely. What about the uh, timing? Any chance that the caravan headed here from Central America would make someone think now would be a good time to strike? I, I don't think so. Those two issues I've been I've been handling both of those issues. Uh, uh, lately, uh, mm-hmm. as, as part of some of my other responsibilities, the caravan, I, I don't see these as being connected, um, you know, I think in any way. Um, I, I'm pretty sure that this is a case of someone who legitimately, just someone who, who, who wrongly believes that violence is the way to solve political disputes, and uh, and that's why they did this. I, I don't think the caravan had anything to do with it. And even if it, even if it did, it, you, you wouldn't... This, you would have had to been thinking about this well before the caravan. I don't think this is something that you sort of slap together in a day or two. I got about a little less than a minute to go here. If you could just give me a quick uh, prediction here, where do you think this caravan thing is ending? How is it going to end? Yeah, I'll say this. I don't think it ends particularly well unless we get our partners uh, in Mexico involved. Um, Because right now we've got a lot of broken immigration laws, and we're not prepared to handle this situation. People come across with the border right now, uh, come across with the children across our border right now, effectively we're just releasing them. Um, and, and that's a problem. So we need this to stop before it gets to our border um, because, like I said, we are not equipped right now. Ten seconds. What are the chances of that happening? Uh, I don't know. I know this Mexicans are helping us cut down the size of this. There, but, but will it get down to zero? How many people will get there? Are there more caravans coming? Uh, I'm not positive that we're going to stop this, stop this cold. David, I'm completely out of time. I appreciate you being here. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Okay, that's David and Sarah, Homeland Security and Foreign Policy Analyst at the Heritage Foundation. We'll be right back. We're going to change, uh, switch gears a little bit and talk about some, well, some campus stupidity. Stick around.
With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. Bombs and other suspicious packages targeting Hillary Clinton, former President Obama, and CNN seem connected, according to officials. The explosive devices addressed to Clinton and Obama were intercepted because their mail is monitored for suspicious packages. The CNN device made it to the news outlet's mailroom in Columbus Circle, along with white powder. NYPD counterterrorism chief John Miller says they're investigating along with the FBI. It appears that an individual or individual sent out multiple similar packages. Miller says the acts of terror began Monday when another device, apparently a pipe bomb, was found at the Westchester compound of liberal billionaire George Soros, a major contributor to Democratic causes. Julie Walker, New York. Another rough day on Wall Street. The Dow down by 608 points. The Nasdaq dropped 330. This is SRN News. The following is not an actor, but a real-life story from Trinity Debt Management. It's probably been about 10 years ago. I had quite a few credit cards. The interest on the cards was really high. I was making the minimum payments, but barely. And it was just getting to be too much, so I called Trinity. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-990-6976 to talk to a certified counselor. They met with me, and they were able to get all of my credit cards in one lower payment. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, put a stop to late fees and over-limit charges, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. They did help me learn how to manage my money. Now, you know, we have a house, and we're doing a lot better. If your debt has you down, call Trinity at 1-800-990-6976. My name is Holly, and I am debt-free for keeps. 1-800-990-6976. Let's face it, we love Alexa, and we love to let her find your favorite radio station. This one, of course. We love it, too, when she finds us. But she could find us easier if we taught her a simple skill. To get started, simply say, Alexa, enable the answer Pittsburgh skill. After she confirms, you can then say, Alexa, play the answer Pittsburgh. That's all you have to do, and Alexa will learn how to find us. You can listen to us through your Amazon Echo, Echo Show, Echo Dot, and Amazon Tap devices. Alexa, what is your favorite radio station? That's easy. AM 1250, the answer. Legislation proposed in Harrisburg would allow local school districts to shift their primary funding source from homeowner property taxes to a pool of money generated by a higher state income tax. But as a study by the Allegheny Institute for Public Policy concludes, the legislation might only exacerbate the very tax burden inequities it's supposedly designed to fix. Learn how at AlleghenyInstitute.org, where conventional wisdom is challenged every day. Don't pay double for your next home improvement project. Many companies are simply asking too much for windows, siding, and doors. You need at least three estimates. Just make sure Windows R Us is one of them. With over 50 years of home remodeling experience, Windows R Us is more than a window company. They're the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofing, siding, doors, gutters, even shutters and downspouts. You'll love their no-pressure sales approach, straightforward menu-style pricing, and the absolute fastest turnaround in the business. Windows or Us offers multiple financing options and will match any competitor's price. No hidden costs or final invoice surprises ever. And their no-loophole full lifetime warranty covers everything, including labor and glass breakage at no additional charge. Mention AM 1250 and get an exclusive 10% discount for listeners of this station only. Why pay double? Before you buy, visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. They're more than a window company. They're the area's premier exterior replacement company. WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. From coast to coast, from sea to shining sea, it's a beautiful country out there. Discover it all in a new RV from Camping World, America's number one RV dealer. At your local Camping World, you'll find over 350 new RVs in stock, an ever-changing selection from America's top brands, including favorites like Coleman and Mallard of every class and size, all at wholesale prices. Say hello to a whole new world. Visit CampingWorldOfPittsburgh.com. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. Seeing lots of delays out there, Parkway East. You're crawling along outbound Boulevard of the Allies to Edgewood, Swissvale. Inbound Slow Forbes Avenue to the Fort Pitt Bridge. Inbound on the Parkway West, you're going to see delays from Montour Run Road to Steubenville Pike and Green Tree to the Fort Pitt Tunnel. And on the Pennsylvania Turnpike, got a vehicle fire. This is on the eastbound side of the Turnpike at exit 39 for Butler Valley. I'm Jenny Robinson on AM 1250, The Answer. AM 1250, The Answer. Weather. 
Partly cloudy and cold tonight, going down to a low of 32 degrees. Tomorrow, more sunshine than clouds, but remaining cool. A high 50 will be turning out mostly cloudy tomorrow night, low 37. Staying rather cloudy for Friday, cool with a little bit of rain developing late in the afternoon. A high for Friday, 52 degrees. I'm meteorologist Danielle Niddle on AM 1250, The Answer. You're listening to The John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. Okay, let's take a little break from the serious stuff here and get to some, I don't know, stupidity. We can find plenty of that on college campuses these days. We like to look for it, and we don't have any trouble finding it. Our next guest is uh, the author of a book called The Coddling of the American Mind, How Good Intentions and Bad Ideas Are Setting Up a Generation for Failure. His name is Greg Lukianoff, and he joins us now. Greg, thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. So, um, the, uh, the, the coddling of the American mind is speeding up. Was a I guess was a piece you wrote in the Atlantic, and it led to the. I'm guessing that led to the book, the of the same title, the coddling of the American mind. It was actually coddling the American mind was an article we wrote way back in 2015 about how we uh, thought that we were teaching a generation the habits not just of censors but of anxious and depressed people. Okay, and how are you, when you say we are teaching, you're talking about universities are doing that. Now, how are we doing that? No, not really. What we mean by we is is our society, yeah. um, at least the, 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 the elements of it that sends students to the more elite colleges. Mm-hmm. And that's mostly sort of uh, upper, uh, upper and upper middle class uh, parents. So a lot of what we talk a lot about in the book um, is how we ended up in a situation in which students were both so censorship happy and both so anxious and depressed. Um, we we kind of saw this coming, the anxiety and depression thing in 2015, but when the numbers finally came out, they were way worse than we thought. And you are a, a First Amendment lawyer, so censorship's yes. uh, kind of a big deal for you. Yeah, um, that, that's what I went to law school to do. I've been um, at the Foundation for Individual Rights in Education, uh, since 2001, almost its whole history. And what really led us to notice something was changing was that for most of my time uh, at FIRE, uh, the bad guys when it came to freedom of speech were administrators who, you know, tended to tell students, you know, make up ridiculous rules or tell students they had to limit their speech to tiny little free speech zones. And the students themselves were really good. Um, they, they got free speech. They understood it. Um, but then around 2013, 2014, seemingly overnight, we suddenly had students demanding trigger warnings and microaggression protections and uh, disinvitations for speakers they didn't like. And the book, in a sense, is really all about trying to figure out what was so different about the class that entered in 2013, 2014. Well, I just saw a story today. Uh, Amber Athey, I think is her name, she writes a media column for the Daily Caller. She gave a speech or tried to give a speech somewhere. I don't have it in front of me right here, but she tried to give a speech last night and was shouted down. She wanted to, really? she, you know, she wanted to give a speech about um, not you don't believe all women believe the truth or something to that effect, and they just weren't ready right. for that. They they didn't they couldn't handle it. So I, that's yeah, that, that's, it was a shout down back in 2013 that really made us notice because it's not like that's completely unprecedented on campus, right? But the reaction to it is usually you know this happened something like this happened with the Minuteman when they tried to speak at Columbia back in 2006, mm-hmm. and even you know John Stewart on the Daily Show made fun of the students who did it. The students mostly felt kind of humiliated by it. But sometime around 2013, when students would achieve these shout-downs, this kind of mob censorship, there'd be a lot more sort of congratulations and patting them on the back than, than I was used to. Yeah, so uh, you, you talk about the three great untruths. Um, mm-hmm. Let's start with number one. What doesn't kill you makes you weaker. Or the yes, idea that exactly. exposure to offensive or difficult ideas is traumatic. Yeah, and, and basically the whole uh, setup of the, for the book is uh, my saying it's as if some parts of our society are giving a generation of students the worst possible advice. So we set this up with the great, uh, with the three great untruths. What doesn't kill you makes you weaker, which is of course a play on what doesn't kill you make you stronger, right. which is a famous quote by Nietzsche. Uh, but I genuinely believe that both parents and campus administrators are sending this message to students that essentially if you hear things you really disagree with or things that offend some of your deeper beliefs, you're going to be permanently damaged by them. And we have no scientific reason for thinking this is true, but if you come to view yourself as fragile, you, it can become a self fulfilling prophecy see uh i try to I, I went to school way back in the uh, middle of the 20th century mm-hmm. college 
And I'm trying to imagine myself coming home uh, from, you know, for Thanksgiving break from college and telling my dad that I was, I feel like I was a victim of a microaggression and that I was kind of afraid because they were, they were a, a speaker was scheduled to come to school after when we get back, you know, after the Thanksgiving break. And I, I don't know if there's going to be enough safe spaces for me. So uh, I, where, who who's responsible for this? I mean, is it is it, what who are these parents that are uh, inculcating their kids with this kind of stuff? Well, you know, I think the parents are mostly engaged in sort of overprotection and overscheduling, and that leads to some of the stuff. But as far as the ideology that you can be really harmed by words, that seems to come more from K through 12 educators and college administrators uh, themselves. Um, this ideology was not that common. What you know, when I started this, even back in 2001, even back in 2012, you know, this wasn't taken nearly as seriously. But suddenly there became this very strong um, kind of illiberal movement that really did uh, conflate speech with violence, um, something that it was really, you know, some minority of people always they seem to have always thought that on campus, but this was considered generally a silly idea. And then suddenly it, it just it seems uh, overnight that people started believing it. Yeah, they do. And, and here's the thing. The other thing is, and I, I, I do a lot of stuff on what's going on on college campuses, just so you know, and I... Uh, what I always keep coming back to is that we had somebody on here, it's been a couple of weeks ago, I forget where it was, the, the, the tuition was $68,000 a year. Yeah. Sarah, Sarah Lawrence College it was. Yep. And I don't, remember, I don't even remember what the stupidity was we were talking about. I'll have to think about it for a minute. But people are, are, people are not only, when I say people, I guess I mean parents, are not only sending their kids away to be taught this kind of stuff, but they're paying yep. ridiculous amounts of money to do it and putting their kids in uh, uh, just about um, uh, just debt that they're never going to overcome to, yeah. to, to learn a lot about st- uh, stupidity. Yeah. Well, and that's and one thing we really try to distinguish ourselves in the book is by you know showing genuine concern for the students themselves, explaining that you know it's not their fault that they're being taught this kind of stuff. But we've also seemed to have set up the most ridiculous system where it's necessarily going to inflate the price of higher education. You know, every every couple of years. And the fact, I mean, Sarah Lawrence is like seventy thousand dollars a year. Sixty-eight, that's I think, was yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's completely insane. So when we rethink all of this stuff, and hopefully we are right now, you know, as an employer, you, you give me seventy thousand dollars, I could educate a lot of students really effectively for four years. Well, I I actually teach a class uh, uh, at a at a school near here, a broadcasting class um, at Waynesburg University. Actually, it's a good school, and I don't mm-hmm. notice any of this stuff going on. I'm not around campus that much. I just drop in and do my thing and get out. But um, and then they don't spend that kind of money, but I, it's just the, 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 the fact that, that, um, what I try to tell these, these guys in the class that I have, that's all guys, is that, you know, in some cases, uh, the people who run the school might not like this, but I say you might be better off going somewhere, uh, going to a radio station or a TV station and, uh, offering to empty waste, waste baskets for 10 bucks an hour, just, and do that for four years, then pay somebody $68,000 a year to teach you. Because you, yeah, might, you no, might be ahead I, I, of them in four years, you know? Yeah, and, and, we're, and I think we're really re- reaching a, a breaking point on that because it just isn't, particularly for some of these, you know, what people call kind of subprime schools where it's kind of like they're still charging a ridiculous amount of money that Harvard would, but they don't have anywhere near their reputation. Right. Um, so, you know, in the last couple chapters, we, we talk about a bunch of potential reforms. The minimum schools have to do is from the day one start teaching students about, you know, that they aren't actually fragile. That can become a self-fulfilling prophecy. If you believe you're not fragile, you can actually make yourself uh, not fragile. Um, And also to to understand what freedom of speech means. That it means, basically, the way I always put it, is that uh, being offended is what happens every time you have your beliefs challenged. And if you make it through four years of college without having ever had your beliefs challenged, (laughs) you should demand your money back. Right. Yeah. Well, uh, my dad and my all my friends' dads uh, did a pretty good job of letting us know we weren't fragile. Uh, it's just you know kind of worked out <laughs> yeah. that way. Um, but here's the here's truth number two: always trust your feelings or the notion that feeling upset by an idea is reason to discount it. Yes, always trust your feelings is my favorite one because it's the one that sounds when you first first hear it, kind of like almost sort of romantic, sort of nice. Sounds like maybe like a Hallmark movie or something like that. 
But to, in order to be mature, in order to be a grown-up, and for that matter, in order to be mentally healthy, you can't just um, assume that every feeling you have is something that's really significant and that someone has to do something about it. Part of, uh, you know, part of growing up, part of philosophy, part of, um, of w- wisdom traditions is basically saying every so often you've got to you look at your anger about something and go, listen, that's not anyone else's problem but mine, and I don't even have to do anything about it. That's, you know, th- that's part of maturing. But you see on campuses, uh, people um, use the argument that they're offended as if it's an argument as opposed to just someone telling you what the weather is like. Right, right, yeah. So in other words, if I, if I tell you that I voted for Donald Trump, you're, you're supposed to be offended by that and not ask me why or... Or it's just, just supposed to offend you if you're a, a typical well, and, and the fact that I'm offended is supposed to mean you shouldn't say that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I've, I've actually heard students for some time now say things. As, I, I was on a TV sh- uh, on a radio show at one point, and a, a younger student said something to the effect of, I believe in free speech and all, but I draw the line when anybody's offended. <laughs> and I, I yeah. just cracked up laughing. I'm like, no, that means you don't believe in freedom of speech. I mean, that's an incredibly arbitrary line. And these days, you know, everybody's offended. It seems to me, and we're talking to Greg Lukianoff, uh, the uh, author, co-author of Coddling of the American Mind, um, and, uh, you know, it would seem to me that a kid, by the time he's he or she is 18, 19, 20 years old, maybe they would know that? That wouldn't be something they'd have to be taught or untaught in school? Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think the problem is they're being untaught. I think that that when you look at some of the trainings that you have, for for example, some of the ways schools define even something as serious as harassment, um, they, they define it so broadly, and we call these speech codes because they are. Mm-hmm. Um, it basically means you know something really bad has happened when when you're offended, and and to be clear, harassment is a real thing, but it has a legal definition, and it's not just every time you're offended. Even the the Department of Education even issues a letter to, the, to, to this effect, which is ridiculous. The fact that the Department of Education actually has to issue a letter to say you're not harassed every time you're offended, they're completely different things, um, is remarkable. Well, uh, maybe I think something else that might be remarkable, you tell me, uh, and Greg, you're the, you're the president of uh, an organization called FIRE, F-I-R-E, the Foundation <laughs> for Individual Rights in Education. Why do we? I mean, obviously, your organization is doing good stuff, and uh, it's it's in existence. Why do we need something like that? Why did you feel there was a need for that? Well, unfortunately, it's it's been really easy to get in trouble for what you say on a college campus, um, and even if it's relatively tame, a lot of people immediately jump to kind of like, "Oh, you're talking about it's all, you know, people engaged in racial slurs." And I, you know, I have to explain. Like most of what I deal with are people getting in trouble for, you know, the the, the famous example that I always talk about is a student was reading a book called Notre Dame versus the Klan. Um, it was about the, the, the defeat of the Klan when they marched on Notre Dame in the 1920s. Mm-hmm. But because some, an employee was offended by the, the Klan and the title and, and a cover picture of, of, of a Klan march, um, he, uh, he was reported and found guilty of racial harassment without so much as an opportunity to defend himself. Now, of course, if, even if it was a pro-Klan book, it would still be protected speech. But the fact that it was a book celebrating the defeat of the Klan just made it that much more ironic. Unbelievable. Well, you know, just uh, as a side note here, uh, just recently I saw that I was looking up the where the uh, uh, Notre Dame got the nickname Fighting Irish because I wanted to see uh-huh. if there was something that should offend me about it. You know, the fighting and there's something. And one of the I don't know if it's definitely the case, but it's one of the theories is that the the name came from their the way they fought against the Ku Klux Klan, which was very anti-Catholic and yep. I think anti-Irish, too. And so they oh, yeah. they became the Fighting Irish because of the Klan. Yeah, no, it, it was a term of pride. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so where do you see this going? We got about a minute and a half left, um, and I appreciate you being on with us. But I, what um, is it? Is it going to is it going to get worse before it gets better? Has it reached the breaking point yet? Are we getting close to that point? Um, I think we're getting close to that point, and and what I need is for parents and alumni to stop being apathetic about it, to stop thinking that they're the only ones who think there's something going wrong, because if everybody you know who's listening, who's an alumni of anywhere, or even knows anybody who is, you know, writes to a, a university and says like, do you teach about? freedom of speech? Do you teach about that the students aren't actually fragile? Do you, do you do any of this stuff? We could start seeing some uh, some real reform. 
Well, I, I, I appreciate what you're doing. I, I hope it works. And I, 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 what I hope, uh, Greg, is that is, now that it costs so much money, I don't have to worry about it. My kids are out of college. But when, ki- when you look at the, the price tag on what your, your kid's education is going to be, you really ought to investigate a little bit to see what's going on on campus, shouldn't you? My goodness, yeah. Absolutely. The idea that you pay $70,000 and not even ask if they have a speech code, you know, yeah. you've got a lot of power with that seventy k. Well, I'll tell you something, Greg. My my kid comes home and says he was microaggressed, if that's the word, then he's I'm taking him out of the school. I'm saying, I'm not paying $68 a year for you to go there, much less 68000 So, Greg, uh, thanks for being here, and I, uh, I appreciate your the work you're doing, and I hope uh, you have success, and I hope we see some changes here in the future. Uh, yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Greg. I appreciate it. Getting close to retirement? Experienced a nice Trumponomics bump in your portfolio? Well, we know the market goes up, and unfortunately, we also know it goes down. Don't risk your retirement to market whims. Learn how you can lock in those gains today by spending time with the team at Marley Financial. Todd Marley and the experts at Marley Financial can help you design a retirement plan that is bulletproof against the market's ups and downs. The team at Marley Financial uses a multitude of different techniques to make sure that you have a retirement plan that is tax-friendly, stable, and worry-free. Oh, speaking of taxes, did you know that Marley Financial can handle that too? With all the changes in the tax laws, be sure you're taking advantage of the best possible deduction and make sure you know what adjustments to make for your overall financial picture going forward. Call today for a no-obligation consultation to see just how for 25 years the clients at Marley Financial have never had a retirement plan fail. Call 724-884-1496 today. 724-884-1496 or visit them at MarleyFG.com. You know the moment. The workday is over. Your daily responsibilities have been met. The shoes slip off and you lie back. It's that end of day. Ah, That's the relief you'll feel when you rest on the body-soothing serenity made locally at the Original Mattress Factory. Relief from middleman markups and a hard day's work. The Original Mattress Factory. Thoughtfully made. Honestly priced. OriginalMattress.com Did you know that when you buy a mattress from a retail store, that mattress is being sold for the second time? What do I mean? Well, the manufacturer sells the mattress to the retailer, who in turn sells it to you with costs and markups for both parties. At the Original Mattress Factory, we have our own factory right here at our store. So the mattress you buy is being sold for the first and only time. That's why our prices are hundreds less than the mainstream mattress brands. Stop by one of our factory locations or visit us at OriginalMattress.com to see for yourself. This is Dr. Sebastian Gorka. President Obama's eight years of leading from behind left the world in flames. From Russia's invasion of Ukraine to North Korea's missile tests and a growing ISIS caliphate. Under President Trump, American leadership is being restored. But that does not mean our enemies have disappeared. That's why I wrote my new book, Why We Fight. Defeating America's Enemies with No Apologies. As a former deputy assistant to President Trump for strategy, I explain the threats posed by enemies like Russia, China, and the global jihadi movement. We must know our enemies and have the will to defeat them. In my book, Why We Fight, we take off the political correctness blinders of the Obama years and learn how we can vanquish our enemies without mortal combat. Sebastian Gorka's new book, Why We Fight, Defeating America's Enemies with No Apologies, is available now from Amazon and Barnes & Noble. A lawsuit seeking to recover a portion of the public subsidies given to OneJet Airlines to operate at Pittsburgh International Airport raises this larger question. What is the proper role of an airport authority? As the Allegheny Institute for Public Policy reminds, it has no role other than to provide a place to land and take off, a place for passengers to park, and other infrastructure. Learn more about the county airport authority's missteps at AlleghenyInstitute.org, where conventional thinking is challenged every day. You wouldn't put a square peg in a round hole, so why would you deploy a traditional firewall in a modern decentralized network? Firewalls have new requirements for businesses leveraging SaaS-based applications and public cloud platforms like AWS, Azure, and Google Cloud. We're in the cloud generation now, so your firewalls have to be engineered to fit right in. Reclaim your cloud network. Try a Barracuda cloud generation network or application firewall free at barracuda.com slash firewalls. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. 
Okay, so I want to finish up here with uh, a little sports. It's something I have to talk about, and I talked about it a lot on Twitter today. And that would be Sidney Crosby's goal last night. Um, if you haven't seen it, he had two of them, but the one he had in overtime to give the Penguins a 6-5 to five win, about two minutes into overtime. Um, I've seen well, most. I've seen this guy play since he got here, obviously. I saw just a lot of games played by Mario Lemieux. A lot of them. And the goal that and, and I have said many times that Mario Lemieux is the best player I have ever seen in any team sport ever. Um, and Sidney Crosby's goal last night was as good, as great as anything I ever saw Mario Lemieux do. And it didn't. It wasn't some uh, a goal where he broke through four guys and fell on his back and flipped one up there. It was a ridiculously simple goal scored in a small space. Uh, just to give you, and if you haven't seen it, just I don't. If you hate hockey, just you need to watch it. He was uh, in overtime, three on three, and he first took the puck and quickly did a circle and got around, uh, the, avoided the defenseman with his back to him, and then headed toward the net. He passed the puck between the defender's legs to himself, and then skated across the goalie's face, and then backhanded it over the goalie's glove. Ridiculous. But the thing that made it a great story was that he was playing in Edmonton. And Edmonton has a kid named Connor McDavid, who's a ridiculously good player himself, a spectacular player, and going to be an all-time great. And there are people, and have been people for a while, saying, and he won the scoring title last year, people saying that he's the best player in hockey. So Sidney Crosby, who just knows how to come up big in big moments, he decided to say, I haven't had a score to goal all year. He was 0 for 6 in six games. He goes into the town where they say they have the best player playing, and he puts on a display scoring one of the greatest goals he's ever scored in this building where Connor McDavid plays, and he says, ah, kid, I think you're going to have to wait a little while. I'm still the best player in the world. Again, if you haven't seen the goal, check it out. And the kid has been a perfect hockey player since the minute he got here. He's not a kid anymore. 31. Great play last night. Good show today. Thanks for listening. Bye. The John Steigerwald Show is a production of AM 1250, The Answer, and Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.